Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, have you ever wondered, what's the deal with kids these days anyway? Well, let me assure you that kids are asking the same question about us. What's up with my parents? In this special bonus episode, I share an interview that I did on the amazing podcast called Becoming, a podcast for teens, hosted by two absolutely incredible, energetic, ambitious, funny women, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. If you are a parent, have ever been a parent, ever intend on becoming a parent, or can simply say the word parent, you're going to want to listen to this episode. Coming up next on The Virtual Couch. Hey, before we get started today, new email feedback. Here we go. Let me read this. Dear Tony, I'm a big fan. Thank you for all the work that you do on The Virtual Couch. I have a confession to make. I have been referring to you as my therapist now for over a year. And recently, I was called out on this. Someone said... Hey, I'd like to meet with him as well. Can you give me his contact info? You can imagine I was a little bit ashamed, but then I said, okay, fine. He's not really my therapist, but I think you'll still benefit from the virtual couch. So my friend then started listening to you and they heard your ad about betterhelp.com and lo and behold, they actually went and got a real therapist. Yeah, sure, it's an online therapist and it's not you, but now they're telling me that they have a therapist and I don't. Sure, rubbing it in my face a little bit. But I just wanted to continue to thank you for the content and I think that I maybe will actually reach out to someone at betterhelp.com and don't worry, I'll use your code betterhelp.com slash virtual couch to get my discount. I'm no dummy. Sincerely, and uh, of course I will not read their name. But hey, thanks for the feedback and I really do appreciate those and uh, no shame in my dojo. And I'm grateful that your friend reached out through betterhelp.com slash virtual couch and that they're getting help. But uh, if you too are looking for a therapist, then I highly recommend that uh, that you go reach out. Try it. Go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch if you're interested in any type of professional help. And, and I know that you know, some people have reasons not to maybe reach out to somebody local or if they prefer not to go into the therapist's office or if they feel like the therapist in their area don't have the experience of a particular issue that they want to deal with, then you can go check out their thousands, literally thousands and thousands of certified licensed counselors and therapists on the betterhelp.com website. So go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. You'll get 10% off your first months of service. You can start communicating with somebody in less than 24 hours. No waiting in uncomfortable waiting rooms. And again, I will admit my waiting room is pretty comfy, but it's more affordable than traditional counseling. And one thing that I don't talk about enough is that they also offer financial aid. So go check out what now well over 500,000 people have already done before you. Sign up now by going to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Get the help that you needed, even the help that you maybe didn't know that you needed today. What are you waiting for? Again, broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which might not be locally available. It's available wherever you are. Worldwide, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. And you get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can even do text or email conversations with your therapist. And the assessment process is incredible. Uh, they, They will assess your needs. They'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And oftentimes, you can start communicating in under 24 hours. So what are you waiting for? Go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Get 10% off your first month's services. All right, let's get to the show.
Hey everybody, welcome to episode 160 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultramarathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you or anybody that you know is struggling to put pornography behind them once and for all, and trust me, it can be done in a strength-based hold the shame become the person you always knew you could be way, then please head over to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to get rid of pornography once and for all. Again, that is pathbackrecovery.com. And uh, please, please stop by virtual couch at virtual couch on Instagram. I'm doing weekly questions and answer sessions, typically around midweek, a little bit of Instagram TV with uh, therapy thoughts of the week, usually by uh, Thursday, Friday. So follow along there. You can also find the Virtual Couch page on Facebook and as well as the Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist page on Facebook as well. And if you have a minute, if you've enjoyed any of the Virtual Couch podcast material you've heard in the past or this episode today, do me a favor and uh, subscribe, rate, review to the the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And one more thing. Just head on over to TonyOverbay.com, uh, sign up there to find out more about some exciting things coming up, including getting closer and closer to the release of my first book. I co-authored, I co-authored a book, and it's getting really good pre-release buzz. It's called He's a Porn Addict, Now What? An Expert and a Former Addict Answer Your Questions. I'm playing the role of the expert and uh, former virtual couch guest Joshua Shea, who has already authored a best-selling book called The Addiction That Nobody Will Talk About, writes as the addict. Plenty of more coming on that topic. But let's get to the episode today. Okay, I have been very excited to get to this bonus episode. I recorded my interview, or I was interviewed on a podcast called Becoming, a podcast for teens, back on September 5th. That's when the episode was released on their in their podcast on their podcast, and I I wanted to get this out to all Virtual Couch listeners, just in case you aren't familiar with the work of Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson, and they are the, they're so, they're a lot of fun. They're the hosts of this Becoming a Podcast for Teens, and um, here, I'm going to read this off of their website. So they say, uh, welcome to Becoming, a place for teens and young adults where they can learn to become more than they are and who they were always meant to be. Through various interviews and research hosted by Tawny Beardall and Eric Peterson, unique experiences and insights will help young people discover who they are, who they want to be, and who God is encouraging them to continue to become. And so they brought me on, and I I, I told them that what I was love to do, I'd always dreamed of doing this podcast even on, on my show, where I'm kind of saying, all right, uh, parents, don't listen, and I'm going to talk to the teens for a little bit. And then teens let me tell you how to kind of figure your parents out or how, how to work best with your parents. So we came at it from that angle, but I mean, knowing of course that parents are going to listen as well. And they're not just going to say, Oh, this uh, podcast host said that I can't listen. So I better not do that. So, and, and throughout the podcast, uh, obviously I, I just start talking to parents as well. And so I feel like um, we just have a really good discussion about really what I want, what I would love for teens to know um, even though it's difficult to kind of say, hey, kids, here's how to manage your parents. Because in reality, it's a lot easier for parents to learn the skills, to listen, to have empathy, to not fix or judge, to, to have their kids feel heard, and then to be able to share the things that are important to them. So, you know, really creating that. I'm not saying you're, you're creating this, uh, oh, my mom's my best friend thing. You know, you still are a parent, and I completely understand that. But I do feel like there's a, a much more um, 
strength-based way to parent where your your kid is going to come to you when they are in trouble or when they do seek advice. And that, and I, I'll tell you, that's not when your go-to as a parent is I'm going to, I'm going to lecture them. You know, I'm going to, uh, this is my, every moment is a teaching moment. Um, they just want to be heard. A, a lot of times they just want to be heard and hearing them and uh, being interested in their lives is what builds that bond, builds that rapport, secures that connection that then allows you to, you know what, uh, let me just get to the interview. This is what we talk about on the interview. So I highly do recommend that you go and find and subscribe to Becoming a Podcast for Teens. And uh, this video is, or this this podcast is also available on the Virtual Couch YouTube channel as well if you want to see a little bit of our interaction. Um, and uh, But I think you're going to like this episode a lot. So let's let's get to it. Uh, here is my interview on becoming a podcast for teens, and the title of the episode was um, "What's Up with Your Parents and How to Improve That Relationship." All right, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. This episode today is a big deal to us. I only started listening to podcasts about two years ago, but Erica has been listening since I was a young teen, which is amazing to me. But one of my first podcasts I ever listened to was Tony Overbay from The Virtual Couch, and I was hooked on podcasting since then. I really, really think he is unbelievable, like so much valuable information, and he's super relatable and funny. Don't you just love Tony? Oh, I love listening to him. He just makes it so easy to learn. (laughs) Same. So I just really want to prep you guys today that you teens... If you have an open mind and you're willing to really listen and grow from what he's saying, it will be so valuable, like life-changing. So I just wanted to say how excited I am to have him, and I hope you guys really get a lot of value from this episode. Tony's going to give us a great insight into the adult mind and really help you to be able to take control of your relationship with your parents and what you can do to improve that. So it's such a great episode. Super valuable for anyone, but especially for teens. This episode is called What's Up With Your Parents and How to Improve That Relationship with Tony Overbay. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. We want to welcome everyone to this episode of Becoming today. We have a special treat for you. Actually, I, I hate it when people say that. <laughs> I hate it when people say that because then I think I'm going to get like a chocolate chip cookie or something. Yeah, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, I am definitely not a special treat. I mean, I think that is a, that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> okay, we have the real deal for you today. Tony Overbay is with us. He also is the host of a phenomenal podcast called The Virtual Couch. We're thrilled to have you, Tony. Thank you for being with us today. 
Thank you for inviting me on. And I, uh, I am nervous because I know that I want to talk to uh, two teens, but then parents listen as well. And, and I love that we've been talking behind the scenes that we want to, I, I really want to get a message to teenagers, but their parents are going to hear and we don't want them to hear, or maybe we do want them to hear secretly. We yeah. want them to hear. Right. Right. So if you want to, I want you to kind of set the scene for what it is we're talking about since we're talking to teens kind of, Hey, like parents, you get to zip it for a minute and we're going to kind of open the can of, Hey, like, this is what your parents are. This is where your parents are coming from. Maybe to help them kind of understand. So will you kind of set the scene for what we're talking about today and, and why we're talking to teens? Yeah. So, and I, this is why I was so excited uh, when you guys reached out. I've always wanted to do a podcast where I did one a little while ago where I said, um, it's for men only. So, hey, women don't listen. But of course, I wanted the women to listen. And I got to be all uh, tough with the guys and come on, you know, man up or all those kind of things. But I've always wanted to do one for teenagers because I get to see teenagers in sessions a lot. And parents hand a teenager off to a therapist and say, fix teenager. And, you know, and I immediately and usually a teenager comes in and they don't want to talk and that's fair. And, and I always uh, I, I do. I always say, hey, I, I can't make you talk. And I also don't have a magic wand or a magic bean or something that then will all of a sudden make everything better. And so we've got this hour. So just tell me more about you. And then it's kind of, and we're off and running because at the core, I feel like um, when parents say fix teenager. And uh, so can I tell a real quick backstory? Yeah, of course. So when I was, when I was getting my master's in counseling, I was a little bit late to sign up for a practicum site. You have to do a practicum, which is kind of like free therapy at the end of your, your master's program. And so I ended up, um, I really felt called to work with men and, and now I work with a lot of couples and things like that. But I was late to sign up for a practicum site and I ended up working for a nonprofit that worked with mandated uh, kids and parents that through the courts that had to go to therapy. And so I ended up working with a lot of the kids and it was fine, you know, playing Jenga, I got really good at Jenga and I could play other games. But then the more I would talk to the kid, I realized, man, I just want to go strangle the parent. And I felt like I was just teaching the kid coping skills of how to work with a parent who really didn't care a lot. Yeah. And, and I know that was a pretty rough population that I was working with, but then that concept kind of rang through to then when I started meeting with teenagers and, you know, teenagers, teenagers want to be heard. I mean, they really do want to be heard. And so then I felt like the more I could listen to a teenager, I was finding those same things. It's like, man, get your parents in here. Like I need to talk to your parents right now, you know? And so then I thought, okay, that'll work. And then, but then you get the parents in and the parents a lot of times go into the, well, if you really saw how they were at home or, well, I've tried that and that doesn't work and that sort of thing. And so then, uh, so then I started thinking, okay, you know, sometimes parents come in and they say, help me be a better parent. And I love that, bless their hearts. But then often I'm getting the teenager and the parent is saying, fix the teenager. And then teenager says, all right, what am I going to do? And so, so I really feel like over time I started, you know, I would validate, I would listen to a teenager. I totally would uh, feel like I'm, I'm understanding their experience but then it's like, then they go back home and they have parents who are still telling them, here's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, meanwhile, telling stories about what it was like to have CDs and cassette players and um, like three channels on the TV. And like, that's going to inspire the teenager and the teenager's going to go, oh my gosh, you know, dad, you, that sounds so cool. I think I'll do everything that you say, which <laughs> has any teenager ever said that? that Never, work. right? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, it doesn't. And yet then it, even as a parent, I'm like, well, maybe they'll really like to hear um, additional stories of my high school experience and what it was like to not have a cell phone or social media accounts. Maybe then they'll really feel inspired to, to listen to me. You know, and that's a whole other thing where I feel like, well, this is that part where I feel like, uh, you know, parents, uh, we do love to do the thing about, you know, when I was young, 
we would go out and play and ride our bikes. And, and we just, and I've given up on this as a therapist, I mean, and as a dad, but we just keep thinking if I tell the story cool enough about what it was like to bike for miles and miles to go get a 25 cent soda at whatever, and then play a video game that I had to wait for and put my dumb quarters on there to say that I was next, that my kid's going to go, oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. Like you, you really get it, dad. And, and just realizing that it is so the opposite where, you know, kids just feel like that parents are so detached. Yeah. You don't get me exactly. And I feel like, you know, and, and I, you know, work with people in uh, church leadership or I worked with uh, parents and they just feel like they're going to let their kid know I don't even have social media. And they think that that is going to, I don't know what they think. They think the kid's going to go, Oh, this is that again, that I want to hang with that guy. When in reality, halfway through that sentence, you know, teenager is uh, now Snapchatting a picture of that person and putting like the little filter on it and sending it to their friends. Right. So they don't, again, it's not an inspirational story to hear that, my dad doesn't get on social media or, or that sort of thing. Like I, I had to start trying to get through to the teenagers and saying, I hear you. I know you want to be heard. I, you know, uh, I want you to be heard. We, we can try our best to get your parents on board with really trying to understand what you're going through and try to not have your parents jump in to fix it in judging mode, which parents are really good at. And, and even bless their hearts, they mean well. I mean, I really do mean well when I'm telling stories about whatever it is that is not productive to my teenager. But, but really trying to teach the teenager then how to, and I want your help with this. I mean, I always just say how to play the game, but then I don't want it to be a game. You know, I want it to be, I don't know, survival skills or, uh, I don't know, is there a better strength-based phrase or word? You guys got anything? It's a dance. Yeah. It's just this dance. A where you dance. Where each other out. Yeah, I like that one. A dance. Okay. We're dance. not trying to beat each other. We have to learn how to exactly cohesively together to be happy. That really is good. I mean, because in the couples therapy I do, it is a lot of those same concepts. We, re we really do want to be heard. Oh, you just, uh, Tony, that was good. Now you got me going into my wheelhouse now. Okay. So how do we, how do we, how are we heard? So um, I love this concept called uh, EFT. Uh, kids, you're probably all, you're, you're, you're hanging on the edge of your seat now, I'm sure the teenagers are, but it stands for emotionally focused therapy. And, and what it means is that when, even when a teenager says that they don't want to do something, um, that is, they are putting out there. It, it takes a lot for them to say that they're being vulnerable. They're putting themselves out there. They're, they're laying their heart out there for their parent. So when their parent just says, I don't care, do it anyway. You know, um, the, the teenager does not feel like, Oh man, that feels good. You know, they immediately feel like they're not heard. So, so teenager, you know, I know that you have been frustrated in the past where if you do say, Hey, I don't want to take the garbage out right now. You know, you would love to even just hear a little bit of a, hey, tell me what's going on. Because maybe it's like I'm in the middle of something or I'll do it in a little bit. And even if, and a lot of times, even if a teenager does say that, unfortunately, I feel like parents are not the best at saying, okay, thanks for sharing that with me. I can understand, you know, I, I, that would be great if you do it later. Usually parents like, you say that all the time, you never do it. So, I, and, and I feel like now what we start to create is the power battle. So even in a situation where the teenager really is, has all the intention in the world of finishing something and then, and they will do the project, but now parents already doubled down on, you always say that I need you to do it right now. And now it's like, now I say we, you know, in the CFT world, we both go jump down in our bunkers and now we're, we're, we're settling in, we're settling in for the, the long haul, right? We're going to be throwing insults, withdrawing, right? Yeah. Whatever we, we need to do. So back to this EFT world is so if somebody's putting out their, you know, Hey, I want to do it later. Um, parent in that situation is hear them, you know, tell me what you've got going on. Then parent doesn't have to just say, okay, roll over. But once they hear the teenager, then they can kind of share the, all right, I appreciate that, man. I worry that you might not get to it because in the past, you know, 
that seems to be hard. And then maybe teenager doesn't feel attacked. And, and uh, that was a pleasant conversation, right? So anyway, that in a perfect world, that's what we're looking for. Unfortunately, um, if parent is not on board with this, because parent is going to convince me that that will never work. Because if parent can just convince themselves that that will never work, then they never have to do the work of saying, okay, tell me more to the teenager, right? Yeah. So, uh, so what I try to teach teenagers then, and we're back to this, how to play the game, how to do the dance is, um, see, here's where I feel bad. I feel like I just set up to tell the teenager, like, just do it. But I'm really not just saying that though, you know, but I don't know. What do you guys feel like if, if you're trying to put something out there and somebody's not hearing you, what do you do? Oh gosh. Like as an adult, it's, it feels a little, a little different because you like have, you feel like people are going to mutually respect you. So if you tell them that and you explain it, but then you also have maybe a track record of like, well, when I say that I'm going to do this, this is how I'm going to make sure that's done. So typically, you know, I'm in my phone going, Hey, I've got a reminder to make sure that I do this thing or whatever. But yeah, like I don't want to do that. You typically are able to get in your words of, this is why this isn't going to be able to be done in this way. Yeah, we, we, we do. We, we, right now we anticipate that we want to be heard and we want that kind of respect to be heard. And so I feel like what happens and it doesn't take very long is we do create this kind of unhealthy, uh, kind of this power, unhealthy power dynamic between teenager and adult. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of trying to hit the reset switch and saying, all right, uh, even if it's saying, okay, hey, I'll go do that. But then you, you kind of almost have to put the, the burden on the teenager to just say, but hey, can I kind of tell you what I was up to right then? But as you're doing it, I mean, now we're starting to learn how to train the parent. And, and I feel like that small little shift, I've seen work miracles with teenagers, where yeah. it's like, hey, I will, you know, I would have loved to have been able to just finish this text real quick, but, but I hear you. And, and I feel like sometimes just that small tweak is enough where then parents like, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. But I feel like teenager wants to just say, nope, I'll do it on my own time. And again, now here we go. We're we're kind of locked in. I love that. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Even for my 10-year-old, I am having scenarios go through like, ah, I don't hear her. And I feel like I'm, I love relationships and I feel like we are close, but I'll do that or just do it now. Listen to it. And I don't know if I just want respect, if that's why, like, please show me that you, I do a lot for you. Just do this simple thing. That's yes. But if she does vocalize like, mom, I'm in the middle of this. I have a thought I'm trying to finish on this homework or whatever. I, I just need to step back and go, you know, the, you're right. The parent needs a little more training, but since we're speaking to teens, Maybe they can take the first step and say, do you mind if I tell you why I needed a minute to finish this? I love that you just talked about the word respect. So I do feel like a lot of parents, it's not just, uh, hey, I want some respect. You know how much I do for you. And here's where if you really have a nice productive conversation in, a, in my office with a teenager and a parent, parent wants to just start with that. Do you know how much I do for you? And it's not that necessarily teenager doesn't know that, but teenager also says, hey, do you, do you realize like all the stuff that I kind of have going on or all the whether it's social pressures or whether it's academic pressures or um, just all of those things. And here's where things then can go back in our bunkers where parents want to say, well, don't worry about that. You shouldn't worry about that. And here's where they get to drop back into the, I don't have social media when I was a kid and we get into those stories. But again, kid wants to be heard, right? Because I don't know what it's like to be a teenage girl living today. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, and I've had my daughter on my podcast a couple of times, one of my daughters talking about um, some anxiety, some depression. and, And we talk often about, uh, I felt like my job was to go up and la- I would just lay on her floor and say, tell me about your day. And sure, she would say things often that I would want to say, 
who cares? Like, that's not a big deal. It's not, you know, right. But I'm not going to say that, of course. And the who cares, by the way, very much uh, caring about her, but it might be like some boy drama and the, and the guy's a total, you know, goof. And it's like, I want to say that, that guy can't even, he shouldn't even be tying your shoes, you know? And, but it's like, I would have to, Oh, tell me more, you know, what's that like? Um, Oh, he sounds interesting. Where if I'm on the inside, I'm just screaming, you know, get rid of that guy. So, I mean, I feel like that's just the part where teenagers, they do, they want to be heard and they want that respect. They want to also feel like they're heard of what, what's going on in their life. If a parent is listening right now, what's your intent if you are trying to tell them that they, they shouldn't worry about things? I know it comes from a good place. You want them to not be caught up in the drama that can be happening as a teenager. But here's the therapist tip. The only way to ever feel like you can have that conversation is if your teenager feels like you are there, you are listening. You know, when they feel like you are a safe place and they can go to you and talk to you, that's the time where maybe they might say, I don't know, what do you think uh, if I tell them to go buzz off? What are your thoughts? You know, and on the inside, you're like, it's about time. But on the outside, it's like, huh, no, that sounds like a good idea. You know, but you're only going to get there if you create this safe environment. But back to the team. So we, what do we talk about there? We talked about uh, tweaking it a little bit. Like, sure, I'll do that. I was just kind of wondering if I could finish this instead of just the no, you know, that immediate response we kind of get into what's pretty fascinating too, is um, we get into the whole physiology of the brain. So let's talk about the adult brain. So adult brain is they, we have our own stressors and, and our teenagers don't necessarily care, not meaning that in an unloving way. But so a lot of times we do come into something. If we see a teenager and they're kind of sitting there and they haven't done something, we ask them, we're already a little bit amped up, you know? And so here, teenager, um, this is pretty cool. You can sound really smart with this, uh, in a neurology class or whatever, but your parent is, uh, they're kind of already fired up a little bit. You probably know that you can probably read your parent pretty well. And so if you see your parent, they're a little bit amped up. They've already got this, uh, magical drug called cortisol flowing through their veins and cortisol is a stress hormone. And what cortisol does is it raises the fight or flight part of the brain. It, it makes their part of the brain where they're thinking rationally. It's gone. It's taken a back seat. So when you see parent coming into you and they're like, I thought I told you to take out the garbage. Now they are not necessarily wanting to have a rational conversation. And they are in fight or flight mode. You represent a giant saber tooth tiger that is about to attack them. So when you say, I don't want to, they're already there. They're already in this fight or flight mode. And guess what? You now are in their path. Is it fair? No, it's not. But the easiest way to dismiss that is to say, you bet, I'm on it. Now, you know, at that point, that's when you can maybe get a parent to go, whoa, okay, uh, thank you. You know, that's really nice. I want the teenager to hear, I would love if every parent was doing a daily mindfulness practice and they walk into a room and even if they're stressed and they see their teenager, they, they take on the Zen stance and kind of say, hey, what are you up to champ? You know, and they, they tell them whatever. And they're like, oh, I was wondering if you could take out the garbage. That one's going to probably work a lot better than, right? But unfortunately, our parents are not going to do that. And teenager, you actually have a tremendous amount of power. That's huge though. We That's really what we're hoping to give teens is like, this would be great if your parents would do this and this and this and this and this. That's yeah. how your parents feel. My, I would be great if my kids, kids did this and this. Yeah. Look, teen, like you totally can help teach them how yeah. to stop being so combative with you. Like you do have power as a teen. You have a lot of power in your relationship. And yeah. so many times it would be awesome if your parents would listen to this or listen to, I mean, I loved your three and 30 episode. I thought it was mm-hmm. so impactful for me where I have only a four-year-old. I was so grateful to find that EFT thing before. I feel like I've developed all these habits of not like listening correctly. So yeah, like it would be great if all your parents went and listened to these things, but you do have 
power. You have some tools and you can actually really change the tone and change the feelings that are going on by maybe complying in a different way, but then teaching them as you do that, instead of just doing everything they say, the moment they say it, that's how we're encouraging. We're saying like, like, let's say they're listening and going, I want a different relationship with my parents. It is contentious and and we can be different. Do you think it's useful for them to come to the parent and say, Hey, can we talk and just say what they've learned and what they hope to see different? Or do you think it's better just to like start off and just Try like, okay, mom, I'll do that right now, but I need to finish this right after. What's a better? Yeah, no, that's a great question. What do you think, I, I feel like the, the, what we kind of covered so far is a nice place to start. That can be more of a safer place of just being able to kind of, you know, diffuse any, any feelings of anger by doing the thing. Okay, you bet. I'll, I'll do that. And, you know, and then I, and then hopefully I'll be able to get back to what I was doing just so they're at least aware that you weren't just um, sitting there twiddling your thumbs or, or ignoring them. But I really like your question about how do you improve the relationship? Because I do feel like at the core, parents really do want these good relationships with their teenagers. I know they do. I talk to parents all the time that do. Are they very good at it? No, they're really not. And, and that's okay. And I think that that's the hard part. We kind of feel like we're going to become parents of teenagers. And for some reason, we're going to slowly understand and know all the right things to do and say. And so for a teenager that's listening to this, and I'm sure if there's a teenager that is listening to your podcast, they, they are, they're smart. They're, you know, there are people that do want to make a change and they, they're very aware of their own emotions or, or feelings, which I'm so grateful for. I have a couple of thoughts. One, you can always go up to your parent and say, hey, will you listen to this uh, episode? I want that relationship. I really want to hear you and I want you to be heard. Um, you know, that's a great thing to do. But I also have something that's completely made up and I call it one man EFT. I, I haven't done a podcast on, on this on mine yet. So breaking news, right? I'm super excited about this. I teach it in my, uh, in my, in my therapy a lot. But so if you want to be heard, a good way to do that often is, you know, if you do see that your parent is stressed, it's like, Hey, you go out to your parent, like, how are you doing today? Or tell me what's going on. Or, you know, I don't know. It is, it's kind of inviting that conversation or it might even be, if, uh, you know, if, I don't know if there's some uh, stress in the home or the family, if it's like, you know, asking them, um, hey, how you feeling about the wedding, you know, or whatever it is going on and just having them talk. And then you're the one now that gets to do the tell me more. You're the one that now is saying, well, man, what, you know, what's that like for you? And all of a sudden you just had your parent feel heard, if that makes sense. And so once they feel heard, now you get to double background and say, man, I, you know, I hear you. I'm pretty stressed about it as well. You know, so even if the parent isn't asking you about it, once you just reached out to them, you know, and I feel like sometimes, um, even this is what a a teenager can do is if it's about homework, if it's about school, sometimes it is like, tell me, what was it like when you were back in the thirties, when you were young and going to school, you know, or whatever. And they, Oh, this was what we did. And this was how dating was or whatever. And even just to pause and say, Oh, I appreciate like that. Wow. That must've been different back then because now here's how things are. You know, so you've, you've already set the table for a more productive conversation. So now parent actually feels heard. Little they even know that they were just, you know, tricked into now hearing your feelings, you know, because a lot of times if teenager just says, you know, I'm mad or here's how I'm feeling, parent doesn't say, tell me more, unfortunately. We want them to. But it, or if a teenager goes up and says, hey, what do you do if like uh, one of your friends is being a jerk? You know, and if parents like, well, here's what I would do. You know, and then it's like, okay, I, that makes sense. Because, man, I feel like that's hard for me. I feel like this is what I want to do. So you really are, you know, you're the one that's kind of setting the table for a more productive conversation. That's why I call it the one man EFT. You're basically like reaching out and saying, hey, tell me about your feelings. I'll validate them. And then I'm going to share mine. And you didn't even know I was doing it. I think some moms are going to come 
crying that we just got their kids to talk to them or, or try to even ask them how they're doing. I hope so. Definitely tear up. <laughs> I, love I hope so. I mean, because I do, I do feel like, you know, this is where I, and I haven't run this one. I, I know I beat this one to death, but I feel like parents always do say that, you know, teenager can talk to them about anything. And they really mean it. And that's the stuff I know they mean it. And teenager listening, I know, I guarantee you, you have heard that, hey, you can come tell me anything. And then if you do say that you've got a boyfriend or you failed a class or you wrecked a car or whatever, then parent reacts. I mean, and when they react, now, teenager, you become the holder of all data and truths. It's like, okay, I'm not doing that again. And then parents like, hey, why aren't you talking to me? And so I feel like that one, I want to preach that one as much as I can for both the teenager and the parent. You know, I want the parent to know that, we got to create an environment so that the teenager will want to talk. Parents really do want to know what to do. I mean, they really do want to connect with teenagers. They just maybe aren't really good at it right now. And, well, and I think, uh, Tony, when you're talking about the respect, you know, that one, that one gets hard too. Yeah. Well, I genuinely, I know all of the parents love their kids and they want to have that mm-hmm. kind of relationship. But the thing is, if the kids could see through the parents' mind, like we kind of see this bigger picture. And I remember being in that space and feeling like, Oh, my mom doesn't get it. Like I I feel insignificant because she's saying that doesn't matter that whatever, that doesn't matter. For me, I want the teens to know that their parents do love them. And sometimes it's just that we have different, even personality types and how I handle things. I, you know, I have this box that makes sense to me, but my kid can have a totally different perspective on life and I'm trying to parent them yeah. in the box. And I think that's the yeah, hardest that's part is being able to like realize my parent is doing the best they can with what they know from their life experience and just having an open mind both ways. I think the parent needs to have this yeah. open mind that they are going to handle life differently and it's okay. And the kid needs to see my parent is actually doing the best they can, but maybe we can all work together and be more open with our communication to make this a more seamless process and have a good yeah, I love relationship. It. So I also have, you know, I, I've never thrown that. I've got two other things I've never talked about before. So let's, let's see if they work. So one of them is this um, concept of uh, with couples. Sometimes I just want them to be heard. So I'll say, just do one, one layer of EFT and then you're done. So it might be in a situation. It's, Hey, tell me what you're thinking in this, in this situation that we have right now. What are your, what are your thoughts? And you know, the one spouse will say, well, I feel like you, jump to conclusions. I feel like you really didn't hear me. And then I say to the other one, all right, what are you hearing? Well, I, you know, I felt like I didn't have a chance to talk because I felt like I didn't, I wasn't able to really get my complete thought out and we're done. Like, that's it. I say one layer and and end scene, you know, we're out because, because what typically happens is we try to have these conversations. Then maybe we do say, all right, I want to hear what my teenager has to say. And then she may say, look, I feel like you pay more attention to my sister than you do to me. And then parent immediately goes, that's ridiculous. Do you know how much time I spent? You know, it's like, all right, fine. I won't say a word, you know? So, so really sometimes it's like, okay, I need to hear that. And then even to have the parents say, I, I can understand that, you know, I, and then I feel like I'm, I'm trying, but maybe I could be more aware and we're done, you know, and let's kind of talk about it again tomorrow. Cause you're trying to reverse this negative pattern of every conversation is going to be a battle um, both people are trying to then figure out the best way to win. I mean, you know, and talk about the dance. We talked about the dance earlier in couples therapy and EFT. Um, they talk about these things called demon dialogues. And so teenager, here's the way that these play out is that sometimes when we don't feel like we have control, we'll withdraw. 
because we don't, we're, we're like, fine, I don't care, you know, um, because, and our parent will pursue and then that, you know, doesn't go very well. Or other times we'll lash out with anger because we, you know, that kind of, we, that's the only way we feel like we can have control. So we get in all these like different dances that aren't very help, helpful, aren't very healthy. So that's one of the goals is just to, how do we get out of those negative patterns? And one of those ways is to just try to say, all right, let, let's just try to be heard. The other thing that I was thinking about um, when you talked about that your parents do can't help it. They, they want to tell you, look, I've done all these things. I've been all these places. I know what you're going through. Trust me. Um, and I'll just kind of let parents know, no surprise. Uh, did that work when you were a teenager? You know, no a teenager still wants to kind of have their own experience. So it's nice to be able to say, you know, I worry that, or, or here, here's my concerns. But, um, you know, back in the day I was, I was teaching a seminary class. We we're talking about the concept of time. And, uh, I don't know, I've never thought about this one to put in this aspect. So you can tell me if this works or not, but, we were talking about if, if like a blind person comes into a room and they've got a tissue box and they're going to start feeling, they don't know what it is. They're feeling the corners, the edges, they feel the, maybe the perforation around the top. And, and so then, you know, they maybe then come up with, all right, I've linearly kind of thought through this and, and it's a tissue box, but they were talking about how, or if somebody comes in the room with sight and they just look and it's like tissue box, I mean, that's it. So sometimes I feel like a parent is almost kind of they're already, they, they kind of already see the tissue box, you know, and the teenager is, is kind of trying to figure it out linearly, trying to, you know, all right, what happens next? You know, what happens when I do this? And so, you know, I almost feel like uh, empowering parents and teenagers to have a conversation of, hey, I, I need to kind of figure this out, but go ahead, give me your tissue box view. You know, you what, what do you kind out. of see there? You know? Yeah, right. But for the teenager, it's like, I hear you, you know, I want to be heard, but I, maybe this is one of those, right? I really do want to kind of try to linearly see what comes next, but, but go ahead, mom or dad, you know, tell me what you kind of think is the, here's what I've seen. Here's what's going to happen. I mean, that's fine. I'll listen. Cause you know, we would at least like to have those conversations happen and not have people just uh, angry and, you know, and down in their bunkers, you know, teenagers do have this fear. Okay. So here's the thing that I've seen in my own home and I process a lot. And it's funny when I hear a teenager say, uh, like the parent will say, Hey, just, what are you up to tonight? You know, what's the plan? And that can almost be a trigger in itself because Te- teenagers like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and then the parent will say, okay, well then just keep me posted. like, let me know where you're going or what you're up to. And, and I feel like that is one of those. And, and this is where I'm going to sound like a bit of a, just a dad, but I promise you, I've got my therapist hat on as well. That is one of the easiest ones where I know teenager wants to, they kind of want to have that control of, I can kind of do whatever I want. If I tell them where I'm going or what I'm going to do, they might say no. But so that's one of those where I feel like is a very quick and easy way to let your parent hear this part. Parent, if your teenager is going to tell you, hey, they were going to not tell you. So just tell them, thank you for letting me know where you're going and what time you're going to be home. You know, try that one on for size for a little bit, unless they say they're going somewhere incredibly dangerous and they're, I don't know, fighting with tigers or they're playing with razor blades or whatever. Then you can say, I don't know if that's a good idea, right? (laughs) (laughs) I worry. Uh, Tell me more about these tigers and razor blades. Huh? I'm wondering if that might be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, I do feel like that's one that I run into a lot. And it's so funny when I'll have teenagers in here saying, man, my, my, my mom's a pain. She always wants to know where I'm going. Can you believe it? I'm like, well, I mean, you can just shoot them a text. I mean, you know, right. But I feel like that's one of those where I get teenagers in and I'll hear from the parent. And this is the super funny part, if I'm being honest. A lot of times parents blame, they'll give me credit for things that I, you know, I had no part of. It's just the kid finally figuring it out. So like, they'll say, no, he's been really good. He's kind of more communicative, you know, and, and I had a teenage boy in here not long ago. And I just said, sorry, so your mom's like saying you're being totally cool. What changed? And he was like, I don't know. It's just a lot easier to just like go with it. You know, then she kind of backs off. 
I was like, thank you. I've been telling you for two years, you know? But I mean, so sometimes it is the, you know, just tell them just like, hey, run in here, uh, be home at this time, you know? And I feel like that is a fear maybe of teenager that parent is going to say no. Uh, I can tell you parent, I don't know, they, they, do, they want to know they're doing something, you know? So even they just want to know, oh, okay, all right, thanks for checking in. Even if in their mind, they're, they're I don't know, they're, they're really not, their goal isn't to say, okay, I'm waiting to be able to tell them to say no. I, I really want to say no to something tonight. You know, that's my goal. That is, a, to the teenager, that is not the goal, right? That is not the goal. Parents are not just trying to find things to disagree with their kid. Um, that's where I really feel like, I mean, parents want that relationship with their kid. They really do. And uh, I mean, I think they want nothing more than that. But again, like we, we just don't always know how to have it work. Should they prep that saying with like, Hey, like I'm going to tell you what I'm up to, but I'd like you to be like, maybe open-minded. That, oh, I like that. You know, like, I don't know if that's more, oh, I like that. maybe. Oh, that's good. No, it's good. I'll tell you why that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. There's a, there's a, there's a, a principle um, that you, that I, that I work with often where it's, it's that one where it's like, because I call it monologuing. I stole, I totally stole it from the Incredibles, but I've worked it into EFT where, you know, the Incredible, oh, and then he starts monologuing. I love that. Right. So I will have couples often monologue. So the guy might say, he's like, okay, um, I'm about to be vulnerable. I'm about to put out an emotional bid. I'm about to share something that's really difficult for me. And it's almost like the wife's and they're like, Oh, you know, I've been waiting for this for so long. Right. And then he's like, I would like Mexican food for dinner. Right. And it's a little bit of a letdown, but she knows it was a big deal because he's like built up to it. But I, but, and there's even some things where somebody, you know, there's a lot of cool research around people saying, Hey, you know, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous to tell you about this. And we immediately go to like worst case scenario. So then when somebody just says, you know, I'm really uh, struggling to play the banjo, then you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Okay. No, we'll do whatever, whatever you want to do to play the banjo. We'll do that. So I think you're onto something big. So I feel like if, if they do say, okay, I, I'm going to, I really do want to try harder. I'm going to let you know where I'm going, but you know, I really, I, I, it's hard for me because I'm worried that you're going to tell me no. And, but I, you know, I really want this to work. I feel like parents can be like, whatever, you know, uh, tigers, razor blades, whatever, just let me know, you know, and it's okay with me as long as you let me know. Right. <laughs> and I I'm think a, be a big change in the relationship. If those simple steps, I really do. I can visualize like uh, confrontations with my daughter. If she came to me in that calm manner, I think oh. it would change the whole scenario. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really would. I like what we're doing here. Right? I do kind of want to maybe like break it down and kind of summarize like, any of this even matters. I'm sure there are some teens that are like, I don't even need to be friends with my oh, kids. We're not even know. like at all. Follow Why me. do I want to be friends? Why does that matter? This one. Because it, oh, okay. Now I just remember what I was going to say. Now we're about to go deep. Teenager, this is where you're going to sound incredibly smart. Jot some notes down. Uh, we're going to talk about attachment theory. You're going to be able to dazzle your parents. So when you were born, teenager, and they, they probably already know how that all works, right? I mean, is that your audience... Uh, trends a little bit uh, older. So when you were born, you know, you were a pink squishy baby and you were not able to defend yourself. And so you could not go out into the wild and, and hunt for your own food. You required uh, the nurturing of your mom and your dad tried to be there and change diapers and try not to get peed on. I mean, that's kind of what dads do. So, and, and that is why you, you have a need for an attachment. Yeah. Uh, we all come from the factory with this desire to attach to someone that, that is our secure attachment. So then uh, as we get older, now we focus our attachments on other places like our friends. 
uh, our friends. Sometimes we have good uh, relationships or good experiences with attachment with our friends. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes they make fun of us. Sometimes, you know, they think that they're being witty or funny and it can hurt a little bit. So we start to kind of build up a little bit of walls around who we really open up to. And, and then we date and that one's kind of scary because we worry we got to put on our best selves. And if the person finds out that we really are afraid of the dark or I don't know, that sort of thing, then we worry that in our minds that they will leave. So we just protect ourselves. We protect a lot of our real emotions. And so, so, but we still, we have this desire for this attachment, this secure attachment. So the reason I kind of lay all that groundwork is that our parents are still kind of the, the, the safest, securest attachment that we can have. So the reason why it is good to try to nurture this relationship is because here's the, here's the really cool part with the, from a psychological standpoint. If you have this secure attachment with someone, then you go out and explore the world because you know that you've got somebody you can go back and try to process things with. You know that you can go out and you can, you can get your feelings hurt or you can you know, ask why are these things unfair in the world. And you know you can come back and say, you know, I want to process this. So right now, teenager, that is the best bet we have is to develop that attachment with our parent because we, that's kind of where we came from the factory. Um, so that's why I think it's so important to try to nurture this. Now, when we get older, we want to have that secure attachment with our spouse. And then that's the whole other story, right? That's the work of the marriage therapist or that's, you know, learn those EFT skills because that's part of that whole dance that people do in couples relationships is we're vying for that secure attachment. Do you care about me? Can I count on you? Do you love me? Do you have my back? So we have those same principles in place as teenagers, but with one little tweak, one little caveat that it is the teenager's job. So maybe here's the part teenager where you have your parent listen to this one again. Um, but it is the teenager's job though, to break away from the parent. But the only really, the best way to do that is that they're breaking away from a secure attachment. If they know that they can, again, go out, explore the world a little bit. And they know that their parents right there has their back. They can count on them, love them, that sort of thing. So that's why it's important. Plus you might need somebody to co-sign for like a car loan or like, uh, you know, those sort of things. Monetary. Right. So there's practical reasons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so important to have that secure attachment. They're your advocate. They love you. Mm -hmm. That is the point why we're raising children so they can be independent and to be able to go out and live in the world on their own. But maybe what the team can do is keep them filling in the loop, keep them filling engaged yeah. in life, yeah. keep those communication lines open. Absolutely. And I really like, I mean, I really like this whole concept too of, I don't know, Erica, you get credit for this one, right? Where you were, uh, it really was that kind of prepping them for it or priming them for it. I really like that takeaway of letting them know I want that relationship and I really want to open up to you, but I worry that, you know, you're going to just kind of tell me my ideas are wrong or that I shouldn't think the way I, I think, or so, you know, I'm going to kind of trust you with, I just want you to hear me, you know, or, or that sort of thing. So I really like that kind of prime in the pump, so to speak, which that's one of those phrases that probably people don't really know what it means because I'm an old man. <laughs> prime in the pump. I didn't really, I didn't have a pump to prime though. I mean, that's like really old, but you know, I like the phrase. I don't know what it means, but I'll trust you guys. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. So, um, then okay. what's the very most yeah. important things that teens can remember about the adult mindset? Like what's, if, if we, if they have one thing to really remember, what, what could they take away? You know, so I've, I've toyed with what, what the number one thing would be. Cause I think there's two number one things. I feel like that uh, was not a very um, intelligent statement. Right. But there's the one that we talked about where, you know, if we really do want to kind of invoke change and we want to be proactive with it, then as a teenager, I'm going to do what they're asking me, but I really am still going to, I'm still going to have a voice. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to not amp myself up, 
because I know that pattern doesn't work. So that's one where you're, you are kind of in charge of your own destiny a little bit. Is it fair? No, not necessarily. But is it productive? You know, is it the right thing to do? Because that's the way that you're going to have your parent typically maybe step back and go, man, okay, I'm, I'm taking this out on you a little bit, or I'm, I'm maybe projecting on you some frustrations that I'm having. So it might be that you bet I will take the garbage out, but you know, uh, and, and then I want to get back to, you know, helping my friend with their homework or whatever. So, I mean, I think that's a good way to just immediately reduce that conflict. But I think the second part too, is just that, that one man EFT stuff that we were talking about where it's the, if I really do, and it takes a little bit of work, but if I really do want to be heard, that unless your parent is willing to listen to this podcast and maybe do a little bit more uh, of their own kind of understanding of, of why it's important for you, teenager, to feel heard, then sometimes it might be you going and asking your parents a question of, hey, tell me more about, you know, whatever the thing is. And then after they kind of tell you more about it, then don't be afraid to then share your thought. Here, well, here's how, okay, here's what I'm thinking, or here's how I feel. And I feel like, you know, you start to model that behavior and it won't, it's not just a good one to do at home. That's a good one to do with your, your friends. That's a good one to do at work because people, people want to feel heard. And then you do, you do, you know, at that point you understand more about that person and then you're going to share your thoughts or your truths as well. I want to know, so let's say a teen has really broken the trust of a parent. I mean, big lying and they want a fresh start. What's the best way for them to say, like, really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change yeah. or, you know, it's hard yeah. for as parents, we look at the history and I think when parents are dealing with teens, we're often using our rational minds instead of the emotional yep. and teens yeah. often work off the emotional rather than rational. So there's that disconnect yes. there. And how can we get the parents on the same page if they're like, you know, had broken the trust and want to rebuild that again? Yeah. So, I mean, and this one takes, uh, it, I like it. It takes a reset. I mean, it really does. It takes being intentional with the parent and saying, this is, you know, as a teenager, I, I really do want, uh, I really want a better relationship, but I'm worried that there are going to be some things that are going to be, uh, held against me or brought up again, or, you know, so that's, uh, that's one of those where in a perfect world, I mean, I, I get to do that stuff in therapy often where I'll, I'll have a teenager who is sent to me to fix one of those kind of situations and they, they're aware that they're, they're struggling to kind of tell the truth about certain things, but it's because of the reaction that their parent has given them. So that's a time where I'll bring the parent in and I'll say, all right, you know, we got to be heard because we need a, we kind of need a reset or a fresh start. Um, if you don't have the ability to kind of go to therapy with your parent, um, I do find that a lot of times for teenagers, especially it is easier to communicate. I mean, I know parents want to do the whole, just come talk to me, but you know, parents are there, they can be scary and they can be again, amped up with this fight or flight stuff, or they can be reactionary. So I often have teenagers text or write a letter or that sort of thing, you know, so that the, because that way they can get all their thoughts out and they do, they, their parent then has a chance to read and process and not react because I feel like that's where things just get off to a, a rough start when we immediately start into the fixing or judgment, especially as parents. I, I did a training a long time ago, actually, when I was working at this uh, nonprofit. So this was a long time ago. And the training was, um, that the, there was, it was like a little notebook and the person, the parent would write some things in a notebook that they liked about the person or kind of their thoughts or whatever it was. And they would just slide it under their teenager's pillow at night and then they wouldn't talk about it. And then their teenager would write and then put it under the parent's pillow. And it wasn't, you know, and it was just a way that it was kind of the safe way to just share some things between the two of them. And sometimes that was a nice way to just, Hey, here's some of the things I'm worried about, or here's some of the things I'm, I'm nervous about talking to you about, or, 
And so, you know, what I love about, honestly, what I love about being a therapist is there's really no end to the ways that you can connect with somebody. Um, you know, if you want to do like some journal, if you want to do text, if you want to do it in song, if you want to, you know, share a Google document, if you want to, whatever it is. I mean, but the point is just kind of be a little more intentional. And if that doesn't necessarily work as the way you hoped it would, then what's next, you know, use that data and kind of try something else. So, um, but so that, but I, but I like that. I feel like the parent has to hear that though, that it means a, it takes a lot for a teenager to say, Hey, I really do want to improve this relationship. I want the parents to say, Hey, I want to improve this relationship. So, and I understand I can be scary and I understand that I can be reactionary and I understand that I might not be the best listener, but I really want that to change. I would love for that to be from the parents angle, but if it's the teenager, then it's kind of those same principles. But it just takes one person to change a relationship. And if one of yeah. them is to just put their neck out of the line first, I think big changes will happen. People want to be heard. The, one of the best ways for change to occur, though, even if you feel like you want to communicate to your teenager, this is to the parent, that you, you, you do feel like they're doing something that is maybe not the best thing to do, you're not going to get that point across going in and telling them, hey, I think what you're doing is dumb. The best way is going to be, tell me more about what you're doing. Tell me what that's like for you. Tell me, give me examples where that's worked for you. You know, give me examples when that's been difficult. Talk to me. I want to hear you and I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm not going to try to judge it. And when a teenager feels heard and that safe, secure connection begins to form, that's when a teenager then might say, I don't know, what do you think? Or they might even say, you know what? I I do want help with this, but it's not going to come when they're feeling attacked or um, that the conversation is definitely not going to go anywhere. You know that agreed. I think it's so important. I loved learning about that from you, and I just have like, I, it's it's going to take some practice. And teen, you're going to have to give up a little bit of like comfort and sacrifice a little bit to build a relationship if it feels strained. You're going to have to like step up a little bit because you can totally take charge and help it, but you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. Yeah, no, and I like that too. I like you're saying take take charge because. Um, I want this to work in the home with the parent, but heaven forbid if you know it's the, it doesn't necessarily work that way, or parent has their own struggles or challenges, or but it's it's a much more um, productive concept to then move forward in life with of being able to you know I'm going to kind of be a little more intentional, I'm be a little more empathetic, I'm going to do the thing that that maybe I need to do at work or at school, and I'm still going to be able to express myself, but you know instead of just I'm going to hunker down in my bunker and I'm going to you know. And I'm just going to see if I can wait this out. I mean, so, because at the end of the day, there's a cheesy phrase, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you're not doing anything good for you in that moment. Yes, you might show them that they were big jerks, but, you know, I would rather you be doing cool stuff. And then that's the way they find out that they were being big jerks, not from them, you know, from you having to withdraw or whatever. And not that all parents are big jerks. (laughs) We try not to be. I'm just so grateful for you coming and sharing with teens and with our listeners. I think that one thing I, I love so much about the, the things that you share on your podcast um, are just really like, not only are you really entertaining to listen to, but I think that you have a really brilliant mind and it's been so fun. You have a passion for like understanding the why behind things that are difficult. People. Yeah. It's, and so it's so interesting to me. So I've, I've loved listening to your podcast. This has been a dream of ours and it's so fun to like... <laughs> I connect with you and feel like it's just so yeah, it's very it's not so kind. Imposter syndrome. No, 
Don't nice. care. <laughs> but I just want to mention to everyone, you have a really cool program called The Path Back. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah. definitely we want to have you back on the show so that we can have you speak to our listeners about pornography, about your program. Yeah. We would love to be able to share that with them. But I, I've been interested in kind of learning about that. I think it's incredibly helpful to have tools in combating that in this world. And I think there are so many teens in need of that information. So I did want to share that today as well. No, thank you. And I would love, honestly, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's a whole thing too, that I feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot of the old school is kind of more shame based in that world. And, and, you know, I, I, I hate it. I hate that the pornography is as prevalent as it is and all that, I, all that stuff, but it's, but it, you know, there's the data we're working with. And so the, really the only way to start moving away from it is to have people feel like there's hope and that there's strength and that that they can open up or talk about it and not feel like they're going to be told, you know, how bad they are. And so, no, I would love to talk about that too, because I feel like there's a pretty big shift. I mean, I've been doing this work for about 15 years now and, you know, 15 years ago, uh, it really was a whole different world of kind of feeling like people did have to make themselves feel crummy and that sure didn't work, you know, but I feel like over the last decade or so, there's a lot of strength-based models that, that work well to help. So yeah, anybody listening to this, I mean, you know, we, we can, we can, we can get that under control too. Uh, we really can the pornography addiction, any of that kind of stuff. Definitely. So where can they find that? Where, where can our listeners find? Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, you can just go to tonyoverbay.com. Um, and then there's links there or it's pathbackrecovery.com. Uh, but there's links to the virtual couch podcast on there, or I'm on, I'm trying to, you know, here's, I'm an old man trying to figure out the whole social media thing. You can follow me on Instagram at virtual couch or on Facebook, some stuff like that too. So all over the place, but I'm still not very good at all of those. That's great. (laughs) You've been wonderful and I've learned a lot and I already want to go implement a lot of these things in how I parent. So thank you for serving me me too. Me too. Okay. All right. Such a pleasure. You You too. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Okay. Great. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming. Okay, so what did we learn today? I hope that uh, you learned a little bit more about uh, what are what are teenagers wanting to know, or even better yet, how to talk to your teenager, and maybe how to do a little bit more of that listening first before we jump right in and do a little bit of that fixing and judging that we do from a very good place. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I hope that you will go subscribe to Becoming, a podcast for teens. They have a, an incredible amount of wonderful content that will teach you more about your teenager than you have known before. That is, uh, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Uh, and don't forget, stop by betterhelp.com. Please go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch because you'll get 10% off your first months of service. And uh, it does do a little help, uh, helps a little bit when covering the cost of recording and producing the podcast. And please remember that the virtual couch is not a replacement uh, for professional counseling. And I would be forever grateful if you heard something you like today, share the show with a friend who you think might benefit from today's topic. And again, if you just uh, take a second and subscribe or rate and review, that would, uh, that would mean the world to me. So it really does help. If you have any other questions, you can contact me at contact at TonyOverbay.com. If you have questions or even a topic that you think would make a good podcast, or if you're interested in having me come speak to your group or company, organization, or congregation about any of the topics that you've heard on the show. With that said, I'll see you next time on The Virtual Couch.